everybody, and welcome to our second episode of Comics and Kaijus. I'm here with the best motherfucking host you could ask for, Cameron Miller. What's up? Sup, dog. Um, having a chill night, uh, late night, ready to record. Yeah, bro. Talk about the mole films. <laughs> so, uh, let's do our slice of life segment. How you been, bud? Uh, pretty good. Um, still waiting on that job. Um, haven't heard anything back from that, uh, from the boss yet. Um, just basically relaxing until I get the call to come back in. I got you, man. That's great to hear. Hope that uh, pans out for you. I'm hoping so. I want to get back to work and start earning some dough. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, quick insight to my life. Uh, I pre-ordered the Avengers video game that's supposed to come out. I think oh, September. yeah? September. Yeah, I got to play uh, the beta these last couple of weekends. I got a couple of videos up on the uh, Project Louder YouTube channel. Yeah, so. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. So for our viewers, make sure and check that out. So uh, I had a blast with it. Uh, there's some stuff that kind of concerns me. Might do a hot take on Meh. it later. All right. Mostly the multiplayer and the fact that there's microtransactions. Not a huge fan. I, of those. I, I, I fucking hate microtransactions with a passion, man. Yeah, me too. Luckily, they're cosmetic only, but I hate well, that's that I all have right. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cosmetic I, only doesn't really bother me, but for like, if in or if it's something that, you know, you need to like progress in the game, that shit just pisses me off. Understandable, but in my opinion, if you're paying an entry fee to get a game costumes shouldn't cost extra yeah just just my hot take on that yeah it should always be like you do a challenge in order of because i mean to the, unlock the complete comics. editions are like what 80 to 100 bucks for video games yeah they're pretty expensive depending right. on what like edition you get they can be upwards of like 100 uh Hell, even 200 dollars. yeah exactly like 200 bucks and i'm like bro i'm not getting a statue with it i'm not getting a steel book with it yeah, it's not like <laughs> not like how it was like like I eight, don't want to pay extra for fucking cosmetics. <laughs> yeah, it's not like how it was eight years ago where when you ordered like the super deluxe edition, you'd get all bunch of shit and you get all this exclusive content. Bro, it's not like it was fifteen years ago. <laughs> you'd buy the game and get the fucking game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always you have to buy something else. All right, so uh, let's get into this. Uh, king kong 1933 yes. discussion here yes 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 uh a little backstory on king kong and how it ties in with my life um Ooh. Ooh. give me the sauce <laughs> let's go give it a give a hot take man <laughs> nah, um, give me the sauce <laughs> i watched king kong at a very young age um i can't really remember i was probably maybe five or six um and it impacted me like it was it was such a great movie and i was in awe and i, I loved kong i loved the story the and, and you're the, talking about this one correct not the yeah the 1933 okay. yeah because I, I remember i saw the 1933 one and i think a year or two after that i if i remember because i remember watching the peter jackson king kong uh, uh, when I it came that out one. that's what i grew up with I remember seeing that in theaters with my family. Uh, that was I. We'll talk about that one later, but I think they're both they're both very good films. But I think, in my personal opinion, 
1933 version is the best film ever made. And I know that you said that it's it's cheesy, and I'm, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's, it's so cheesy. It, yeah, the it's a product of its time. Um, Fair enough. It, it's not like CGI. Also, there's a lot of racial stuff in it. There's a Chinese character, and it's really stereotypical. Um, the Native Americans on the island are all played by African-American actors. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear these really fancy, like, extravagant Native outfits. Um, very stereotypical. Yeah, it's a very classic, uh, like, damsel in distress film. Um, For sure. But honestly, you got to respect it. <laughs> yeah, if if like, uh, you can get if you can get past that, um, it's a very good film. Oh no, for sure. That that's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, like you don't need an elaborate ass plot for a movie. Sometimes you no. just need something entertaining for a couple hours. And I feel like and, this delivered on that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also another thing, when you compare this film to other movies from that era, this movie is very fast paced. It's not like. Oh, no, I was very surprised because, okay, so I went from the Peter Jackson King Kong, right? So, like, yeah. there was a good amount of, like, uh, just action in that. And I actually oh, yeah. really love to see how many parallels there were between this and that movie. But I don't want to stick mm-hmm. on that movie for too long. But I was yeah, so no. surprised to see how much action there was in this 1933 King Kong. I oh, thought yeah, it was going to sure. be like Godzilla where they just showed him a couple times, maybe one rampage or two. Mm-hmm. But, no, it was great. It was like, honestly... After the, you know, three minute overture. Yeah. <laughs> after yeah, the that, three minutes of music. <laughs> after the three minutes of music. Yeah. It was that's just like thing. it was just like Monster Fest, bro. Like they would just fight. Yeah. And then it was it was almost as if King Kong would be like, All right, I'm gonna go take a break for like five minutes, tag you're at T Rex, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um anyway, uh going back to how this like Oh yeah, sorry. Impact- yeah, no, 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 it's all cool. Um, how it impacts me. Um, this is probably the film that got me into the whole giant monster craze. Because um, I do remember watching Godzilla soon after seeing King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly which Godzilla movie I did watch, but I remember when the internet was still fairly new. Um, early 2000s uh i would research for hours hours on end um about king kong and then i found out about godzilla and immediately godzilla became like my favorite thing ever mm-hmm. um and kong has always like it showed me how amazing a film can really be because um, there aren't really any films that are like, wow, this is like what filmmaking should be. Because I think this is – at the time, film was still very new. Um, and even sound films, this is very – this is probably one of the first few what they called them back then, talkies. And they have all this music and sound effects and – different forms of media like stop motion rear projection uh all these awesome camera angles and it shows how a film works 
so well with a fantasy setting. You can do things that you can't do, you know, in real life. Uh, you can you can do a drama, you know, or you can see drama in real life, and you can see some action in real life, but you can't really see anything like this. And it really it's impacted so many filmmakers from Peter Jackson, Steven Spielberg, and it obviously Peter Jackson he puts an homage to King Kong because he made his own film King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in terms of cinematography, filmmaking, cinema, everything, I think we owe it all to Kong. Uh, I mean, the, I can understand it because, like, movies in this time period, I mean... Like, yeah. Even though, looking back, they would be <laughs> lower than B-listed movies now, mm-hmm. but they completely changed the way film was. Yeah. It's like, I mean, if you think about it, like, back when film first started, it was literally just skits that were done for, like, 15 minutes shown at the theater with yep. no audio, and they had a dude playing the piano. <laughs> yeah, usually uh, there were some films when uh, the silent era films, they would have a live studio uh, band mm-hmm. playing during the film to add, you know, atmosphere and give, you know, show what the mood should be for that uh, specific scene. Oh, yeah, for sure. And honestly, I feel like I feel like we as a country got really lucky getting these types of movies out in the time that we did yeah this is this is like peak great depression exactly like Um, we're lucky that something like this was even pulled off like i say we're lucky but by we i mean people who appreciate the like entertainment industry and what movies oh yeah definitely because i feel like if there weren't movies like this to try and revolutionize the industry in the middle of the depression i don't feel like it would have happened for maybe decades this is this is all they had this is all they really had to like entertain themselves and take them away from reality. Uh, exactly. I mean, like, I am all I think about shoving even... reality out. That's why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no. Because uh, I think yeah, Dracula came out two years prior to this, 1931. Oh, I can't even let you know as to um, if that one's a fact or not <laughs> i haven't watched and i think, I think the, dracula yeah dracula was probably i think it wasn't the first i know it's not um but it was one of the first films to include music with the talking um and that film did very well with it and i think kong king kong probably was influenced by Dracula in the sense that it has this great, you know, adventurous theme. Uh, these action scenes when they're the the crews running away from the monsters on the island, mm-hmm. um, and it shows how it's all fast paced. It's all it's happening so quickly. Um, no, I understand. So, uh, what would you say out of this movie? What was your favorite scene? Well. My favorite scene is actually not even in the movie at all. Bro, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> there was 
there is a lost scene called the lost spider pit sequence um remember the scene where kong chases the crew members onto that log did you not watch this on amazon prime uh no i have the blu-ray bro they have that scene oh they include oh that's fucking cool yeah Um, where they get eaten at the bottom of the pit yes 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 yes. yeah so fun fact about that scene that's um wow i'm actually surprised that they included that yeah dude there's like i was reading up on it and there's like a bunch of stuff that was included in it that wasn't in the original cut yeah damn i should have watched the amazon part (laughs) um yeah so a little uh history about that scene um Originally, they, they filmed and recorded the scene where the crew uh, run across this log that is going over a giant canyon or a ravine. Mm-hmm. And when they cross, they run into a – I think it's a Styracosaurus, uh, I believe is what it's called in the original script. And the it's like almost like a, a triceratops-looking dinosaur, and it chases the crew back to the log. And Kong's on the other side of the log, and they can't – they have nowhere to go. They're stuck on this log, and Kong basically picks the log up and shakes the crew off the log into the pit and throws the log down. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that was that, and you didn't see the crew get eaten at the bottom. They just implied they all died from the fall. Yeah. Um, but in the original cut – there was this whole played out scene where they wake up and these giant spiders, bugs, lizards, giant crab monsters come out of like holes in the wall, out of the ground, and they pick off the crew. And it's like a massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and during test showings uh, of the film, that scene was incredibly disturbing for the time. Um, nowadays it's, that's nothing, Um, but back then this was absolutely horrifying and they weren't, they said, you can't show this to the public. Um, and also there were people that said it slowed, like critics said it slowed the film down and it just felt off. So, uh, Marion C. Cooper, uh, the director and producer, uh, cut the scene out and it's probably the, one of the most famous lost uh films of all time um i pray every day that we might find it in some abandoned warehouse and god knows where um (laughs) but in terms of reality it was probably destroyed because that's usually what they did with old films that they didn't want because they didn't have any of this blu-ray uh bonus features and extra stuff out the ass that you have now on dvds they weren't thinking about that. It was just, oh, nobody's going to see this, and they would destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Peter Jackson and his crew, during the filming of his version of King Kong, they uh, they made their own scene of the spider pit sequence. And using old filmmaking techniques, they used the stop motion. Um, I think they even used the same millimeter film and camera. Uh, same kind of uniforms that the, the crew was wearing. And Peter Jackson said it was way different and a lot harder to film just that small, I think it's like 10-minute scene mm-hmm. compared to like his whole entire movie because you had all these 
all the stop motion and then trying to include the crew with these stop motion monsters. Mm-hmm. It was this huge task. And he said it, he has so much more respect for Marion C. Cooper uh, for making this film. Oh, no, for sure. It must have taken patience. I mean, I remember I had to make a stop motion film when I was in like middle school for my computer okay. class. And, bro, I tell you what, this thing was like five minutes, and I swear to God, it took like three hours to make. <laughs> and it was a little five-minute stop motion of just Batman fighting the Joker, and it was I made it out of my like, little Legos and stuff. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Yeah, at the end of the, at the, end of the movie, uh, it was one of those where, like, Batman didn't win. Like, the Joker ended up nuking Gotham. <laughs> But um, um yeah, because stop mo- stop motion takes a long time to do, and it's oh, very exactly. expensive. Because you have um, to go frame by frame, and it just takes forever. Because yeah, the entire Allosaurus and Kong fight scene, I think, takes it took seven weeks to do entirely. I'm not surprised, bro. Like, <laughs> and uh, it just nonstop hours just sitting there. Mm-hmm. slowly moving and if you fuck up like you knock over the figure or the the little oh, puppet, yeah, you'd have to start over you have to start all over again yeah. and all those hours are gone yeah no it's it's horrible so uh i'd have to say my favorite scene is uh with the sea monsters like dude it, it just oh the the, the brontosaurus the, the very obvious ragdoll in the sea monsters now <laughs> I, I just i loved it it added to the cheesy effect and i loved it like, yeah yeah like um, one minute it was the dude just falling and then the next minute it was like very it, clear dumb it's it's it, <laughs> yeah it, there's a lot of cheesy moments in it but if you can uh, if you no, can get no, by I loved that it, though <laughs> it's 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 good fun it's if if you can get the chance to watch it, I say go for it. It's it's not a long film. It's easy to watch. Um, if you can get past like the things of the time period, you know, like the racial stuff. Um, oh, not I for think, sure. Uh, you you'll really enjoy this film. No, it was definitely a terrific film. I enjoyed it. Definitely super cheesy. Uh, <laughs> and not gonna I, lie, probably would never have watched it without this podcast. But I'm glad <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention the man who did the stop motion, Willis O'Brien. Um, this was basically his big film. Um, it's probably the film that he's only known for. Um, that besides uh, Son of Kong. And he also did The Black Scorpion back in the 50s. Um, one of his mentors, you'll definitely know this guy's name, Ray Harryhausen, learned from uh wills o'brien and he's harryhausen is the god of stop motion mm-hmm. he made all those films like jason and the argonauts um sinbad and all these great films sorry um, sinbad a great film hot take <laughs> <It's not. laughs> um so uh who would you say is your favorite character my favorite character would probably have to be um, it would have to be Carl Denham, played by uh, Robert Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, either him, I can't really say Kong himself because he doesn't really have a lot of, you know, uh, like they didn't really build up his character. He's Bro. basically just an ape. Bro, um, 
I'm straight up saying Kong. I, yeah. I know I know it's kind of a weird thing to pull like, oh, who's your favorite character? Well, it's the guy's name, you know, they named the movie after. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but the way they portrayed Kong, he was just pointlessly an asshole to the humans. <laughs> like that, no, yeah, that, you're log, right. that log sequence we talked about. He could have just walked by and let all of those oh, unnamed no, he's a, crew members. Kong, he could have just let all those unnamed crew members walk across that log. <laughs> but no, he turned around, realized that there was not a single main character on that log, and was like, you yeah. know what? Fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no. In this movie, Kong's a fucking dick. No, it's like, great. Dude, when he, he, this- he reaches into the building and he just grabs yeah. that bitch, <laughs> and he just grabs that bitch, and he's like, ah, this isn't the white chick I was looking for, and just drops yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he does like, all this. What? He does all this pointless shit. Like he destroys one of the Amtraks in New York, exactly, just because he fucking wants to. Exactly. It's not like <laughs> now Kong in the Peter Jackson's version. Uh, Kong's probably my favorite character character in that because they have they build up his character a lot. He has a lot oh, of character actually, depth. Like for a character that has no real dialogue, he has a lot of emotion. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll get to that uh, in a oh, later date. Yeah, for later, I don't I, I don't want to like combined two movies um but yeah uh kong's basically just monkey that's what he is he's just a giant monkey in this yes a giant Um, stupid monkey (laughs) a giant stupid monkey that just rampages because some dude stole his chick um oh for sure no i i fucking loved him so much bro like when I was watching, like I couldn't help but laugh. Like, like I said, dude, it was just that scene where he just smashed his fist <laughs> through the building, grabbed her while she was sleeping, and was just like, "Nah, this isn't the chick," and just drops yeah. her like yep. she was nothing. <laughs> um, I should also say, uh, there's some pretty uh cool scenes where they use giant like animatronics. They have a giant mm-hmm. head of Kong, and they like. Kong will put the person in his mouth and they do a close-up of the guy screaming as he's chomping on the guy. Oh my god, speaking um, of, I was not expecting Kong to just straight up take a bite out of somebody. Oh like, yeah, he like I think he bites bro, the guy's head off in this. I, I, I don't remember if he did that, but I know he shoved a dude in his mouth, like chewed on him, and then just like kind of spit him out. Yep. <laughs> I was like, there's, what? There's a scene when Kong uh, breaks through the giant uh, wall that the natives built mm-hmm. to keep him out. Uh, and he's fighting the natives, and this one native throws a spear, and he gets pissed off at the native, throws him on the ground into the mud, and just, like, stomps on him, and they have this giant, like, life-size Kong foot, and they just, like, smush this poor actor's, like, face <laughs> into the mud with. Oh, um, my God. I love that there's, so there's much. Some, there's some really fucking cool scenes like that. Uh, all the life-size Kong parts, the arms, the foot, and the giant head. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I, I definitely liked it, and it was really. I know we'll talk about King Kong by Peter Jackson later. Yeah, but I just loved how you could see the inspiration that he took from this movie, like oh, all the way down to the Empire State Building scene. Like, I just loved that he he didn't try to change it; he just wanted to pay homage to it. You know. Yeah, and. He he wanted to he didn't want to like completely change it. He wanted to make an homage to the original film, but at the same time he didn't want to just blatantly copy it. Exactly. He made it his own and he changed it up just enough to do so. Yeah, and I, I loved what Peter Jackson did for uh, his version of King Kong. I, also 
he they put a lot of emotion into Kong and the relationship between him and Andero. Um, and I love that because that's one of the things like when like I haven't watched this film in a long time, I'll pop it on and then I'm like, wow, this is they don't have that like real strong bond between Anne and Kong between Beauty and Beast. Uh, which I, I, I really do like in Peter Jackson's version. That's probably like one of the best parts about it. Just get out of here before we start talking about your monkey porn fetish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, our, I kind of want to address my uh, the part in the movie that I actually kind of snickered at. Mm-hmm. And it's the, I was expecting when, spoiler alert, anybody who has not watched any King Kong, by the way. Yeah, it's seen a fucking, like, what is it, 90-year-old film? Yeah, yeah. Or the remake that came out in, what, 2000, what, early? like, Or at least heard of it from any kind of po- popular media. Was it 2007? It was either 2007 or it might have been 2005. Uh, either way, you're fucking missing out for one. Yeah, 2005 uh, is when it was made. Anyway, what I want to talk about is... You know, after the planes take him down, right? Mm-hmm. I was expecting just a straight up fall. Oh no! <laughs> no, he bounced. <laughs> he <laughs> bounced off the Empire State Building all the way down. Yeah, it's like and it would have been fucking, like graceful. Yeah. If he, it would be graceful if he you know, just like fell. No, no he's got to like dude, ricochet off the building. Dude, I laughed when that happened. I was like, oh my god, they were ahead of their time on comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, for, your boy could have just fallen off the Empire State Building and they could have done the whole roll credits with the dude saying in the end it wasn't the plane that oh, killed. It was <laughs> beauty that killed the beast. Yeah. Um, but no, they made a yeah, there's, bounce. <laughs> there, there's a lot of like unintentionally funny scenes. Um, oh, for sure. Especially like, now looking back. There's a, I like the scenes with the uh, Chinese cook. Um, this guy, this fucking guy, I love him. I don't know his name. I don't know the actor's name. I think his name is Chow, I think. Uh, I don't even think they – that might be the guy – the uh, the cook's name in Peter Jackson's version. Or no, it's Choi, I think. Um, but they, they, they just make him have this huge, like, thick Chinese accent. And he's got this stereotypical Chinese – uh, uh outfit that he's got on with the, the little hat he's got a pet monkey um and he sits there and he just peels potatoes um and when one night and sitting there uh waiting for uh jack driscoll the uh the i guess he'd be the protagonist of the film um and gets captured by the natives. They basically jump off. They get on the boat and they kidnap her. Um, and the Chinese guy finds one of the natives' bracelets that uh, came off during the scuffle. And he runs up to the uh, the captain and he goes, "Crazy black man been here." I'm like, "Ooh, this would not fly in 2020. No, no definitely not at not. all. Definitely not. <laughs> no." Um, there's, there's a lot of like Jack Driscoll himself is he's misogynist. Mm-hmm. Um, but like at the same time he fought, they don't even like build up 
the love interest between the two no, no it's just like it, it he goes... hits her in one scene and then like two scenes later he's like you know i sort of love you no and then dude, they kiss dude, I'm like, what the, fuck? the guy literally goes from you there's a woman on my boat i will not let this fly <laughs> and then he goes you know what i could marry you <laughs> yeah yeah it's, i'm like wow the 1930s i have decided you so shall be my wife you will clean my house and make me food <laughs> i wish it were that fucking easy to get a girl but it clearly is not Shit, all you gotta do is backhand her and then say you want her to be your wife. <laughs> yeah, he does backhand her. Well, it was on an accident, though. <laughs> He's like, women shouldn't be up on board a ship. I'm like, okay, Jack. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really fucking love this film. So, uh, now looking back. You know what? Let's take off the filter of now. If you were watching this for the first time in 1933... Maybe you were taking your woman, you you giving her a break from the dishwasher because that was the time, right? <laughs> what yeah, would you rate sure. This movie? <laughs> I'm kidding. What would I? Rate what would you the... rate this movie? 1933 filter on. 1933 filter on it. Ooh. Yeah, um, I, I want to see what you would think if you know. Well, middle of the uh, depression. Middle of the depression. Let's let's think about this. 1933. You didn't have films like Friday the 13th, or a return of the uh, Living Dead. Uh, you'd have all these extremely gory, violent, vulgar films. You didn't like, have Godzilla yet either. This is a pioneer in the monster world. Yeah, this is like this is probably as extreme as it got back then. Um, once you got over like the shock of seeing the film, because there were probably people who left the theater at some of the scenes of the crew and people dying. Um. I would rate this movie with from with a 1933 viewpoint. One out of ten. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no, I would give this a solid eight out of ten. Nine out of ten. To, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say nine out of ten because it's very action packed oh, for it, 1933. It's, it's great. Like honestly, this this movie would suck me in in the <laughs> 1930s. Um, this is something that would take your mind totally away from the reality of the depression. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cause I mean, it has everything that you would want, you know, intrigue, uh, yes. delusions of grandeur, you know, you just, you kind of want to sympathize with the, with the people themselves. Cause you're like, you know what? They're just trying to shoot their shot, make this movie on this Island. Yes. This asshole monkey gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, asshole monkey being great depression. And instead of making their <laughs> shot, making a movie, I just want to get by. Huh. God, we didn't even re- we didn't really go into the plot so much. We kind of just bounced around. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We we kind of did just kind of bounce around, but we that's just I, I that's like just we discussed that's, plenty. <laughs> that that's how good this film is. Oh no, um, it's just so great. Like there's so many things that you want to talk about. Um, exactly, and the plot so doesn't good try scenes. too hard to be some story driven movie. No, and um, I feel like you could respect it for that. Yeah, it's very easy to watch. Um, I it's nothing like it's they aren't trying hard. Like I can't remember how they got the idea for this film, but there were a lot of like jungle films at the time. There were a lot of like fantasy things, and mm-hmm. this was just one of those fantasy films. And it had this great plot, this great idea for a film, and it just it fucking stuck. Oh, and it for sure. Worked. It's probably 
one of the most famous, if not the most famous film of all time. Um, I, I just can't, I'm lost for words. Uh, you should really watch this film. Um, oh, it is definitely terrific. I, I recommend it to all of our viewers. If they haven't seen yeah. it yet and they're watching this, just watch it. Yeah, you've probably have heard of like the references like, oh, Kong carries the, the damsel in distress up a building and he fights the planes. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody knows that. Almost everybody knows the name King Kong. Oh, for sure. They've heard it somewhere from someone or something. It's just one of those things. It's classic Americana. Yes. Um, and without Kong, you probably wouldn't have films like Godzilla, uh, Gamera, all these other giant monster films. Kong is the start of everything. Um, and that's why I praise this film so much, um, for everything it did. It's completely great. And I mean, my, my final rating for it, I'd have to say is, yeah, like a nine, maybe even a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I how cheesy it is. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I would give it either a nine or ten out of ten. It's just a perfect film for me. Um, I know a lot of uh, film classes shove Citizen Kane and fucking Casablanca down your fucking throat, Um, but this this is probably the best film ever made. In my opinion, I'm just sad we can't talk about other classic American films like you know Goodfellas, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, but. so uh, the comic book for this week is actually we got sent it. Well, I got sent it by the host with the motherfucking most, T.J. Bowser. Fucking love you, dog. Fucking love him, dude. Thank you for uh, letting us get this podcast going. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, a company reached out. Uh, wanted him to review a comic book, and your boy thought to give us a little bit of, you know, a little bit of rope to hang ourselves with, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so he gave us this comic book, and uh, the publisher for it is Source Point Press. Uh, sorry, Source Point Press. Uh, it's written by Jason Douglas. The art is done by Adam Ferris. It's not really a long comic book, but it's a very story-driven one, and it's called Parallel. It was a very good read. Very oh, it, good read. It was really good. I mean, what, 68, 69 pages? Yeah, it's not like it's not like a long, drawn-out thing. I sat down, I finished it within an hour to an hour and a half. Very quick. For sure. But, I mean, honestly, in just that time, I feel like I, I really went on a ride with it. Like, it had its ups and downs, for sure, you know? Yeah. But, uh, anyway... Like I, I thought it was a relatively, it was a relatively good comic. Like, I, I really liked it. Um, I liked uh the character Landon. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how you know, he's basically this washed up, good for nothing husband, um, that gets stomped on by his wife, uh, who doesn't really give a damn about him anymore. Uh, their love isn't the same as it was when they first met. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of just wants to escape it all. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, real quick, just for our viewers, kind of give you a rundown of the plot. 
uh, this guy, he wanted to start a band when he was a lot younger, but uh, he met a girl and fell in love, and reality kind of smacked him in the face. And, you know, she sacrificed stuff for him to get him a job and stuff like that, and then he started to slowly give up on his dreams and just kind of settled into the life of mediocrity, sort of just to appease mm-hmm. her, really. I-, I feel like she brought him down. But yeah, she doesn't really she doesn't really treat him as her husband, but more or less just like a I'd say a you know, someone to earn money. I would say um, a placeholder, really. A placeholder. Yeah, that's a better that's a better word for it. Uh it is a very um, uh dark comic, touches a lot heavy on uh suicide. So for Yeah, there's lots of, of that... there's lots of hint. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's cool. Uh, for those of you that are kind of uh, less inclined to explicit stuff, this this kind of toes the line. Mm-hmm. But uh, go ahead with what you're saying. Yeah, there's lots of hints of suicide and definitely depression. Uh, for sure. I, I picked that up very quickly. Um, he he doesn't want to. He doesn't. I I think he. There's one part of him that wants to stay with his wife because he he still hopes that it will change. Yeah. But uh, there's another part of him that's like, I just want it to stop. I think he I think he really was holding out hope for that. So yeah. Basically, this guy on his way to work one day, basically just kind of something in his brain clicks, and he hears this voice that tells him that he is what he could have been if he would have pursued his dreams. And uh, the guy accidentally steps out in front of a bus, gets hit, ends up in a coma. And during that coma, or it was like a short coma, uh, he lived through brief moments of what his life could have been, supposedly toured by uh, this voice in his head. Yeah, it's supposed to be like what, um, another version of him? Yeah, it was supposed to be a parallel universe of him. Yeah. And... Uh, it really makes you wonder if uh, it's real. Like, it, it kind of had me questioning sometimes if, you know, in this fictional universe, if this guy was actually, you know, if he was actually being communicated by a doppelganger of his from a different universe, mm-hmm. or if he just snapped and was tired with his life and wanted more justification to do it, you know? Just yes. Um, uh, it's definitely great. Uh, you can you can see him struggle with it uh, during uh, his brief moments in therapy. You can see that yeah. part of him wants to believe it, but part of him also thinks that he's actually just crazy. Yeah, there, it's like a duality thing where he he really wants it to be true, and he really wants to escape from his boring, like pointless life and live his dream that he always wanted. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. But there's that other part where it's like, no, this is all in your head. You're just fucking insane. Exactly. And personally, like, kind of my theory. I love your theory. <laughs> thank you. My theory is that he was just tired with his life. And the voice in his head was just something that he constructed to help justify him ending it because he didn't become what he wanted to so Mm -hmm. i feel like he constructed in his mind this fictional reality that he could go to if he was if he were dead 
like you 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 think he actually has like schizophrenia yeah yeah i, I could totally believe that he has and it's, it's not something that's like like a mild case of schizophrenia. you know it's not actually another yeah you don't think it's like actually another person talking to him it's it's just all in his head yeah my, my theory is just that he, he snapped I, I feel like that's just what it is and uh it's a yeah. really good read really good especially if you really dive into the psychological part of it uh it really talks about his travel like even when it's not directly stating what he's going through in his mind you can see it in his actions like him running yes. down the street yelling no you know stuff like that yes yeah, like slapping his head uh screaming like when he's in public exactly it, it's like basic like flat out case of uh schizophrenia for sure and and that's just my theory you know uh it, it kind of leaves on an open end i don't want to spoil it i really don't and yeah we're gonna leave that one up to the uh but it does leave an open end for the reader to interpret what they think happens to him and i feel like yes. it does it in a way that feels natural like it gives you just enough evidence to come up with your own theory for the ending and i liked it mm -hmm. yeah i was really pissed because like it ended i'm like no wait i want to see what else would happen <laughs> you're like, like i want to see doing? if he was crazy or, you know <laughs> like i want to know what he's doing mm -hmm. um i i really did like this comic uh, oh very, yeah I, I enjoyed it i mean it was it, very easy to get into um and that's it really was it gripped you from the beginning because it, it, the comic literally opens with him just after getting hit by the truck and it shows like his uh what is it the heart monitor like just kind of beeping and like flatlining and beeping you know yeah and it really grabbed me early and when i saw the cover honestly i like i told you before i, I kind of thought it'd be similar to fight club or like <laughs> some sort of duality where the guy is living like two separate lives I just yeah, didn't realize yeah. how accurate the two separate lives theory was <laughs> um this was a very good very very easy to get into um and i give them props for that because I'm one of those guys where oh very much it, was. it it takes it takes a while for me. it takes a good good book or story to mm -hmm. get me interested because I'm, I'm not really I've never always never really been a a book guy um I mean I would read a comic here and there mm -hmm. but I was always like video games and movies that was always my thing no um, I, I feel there's a few books out there where yeah and I I give them props because it easily like got me sucked into it and I, I i kept reading and i wanted to see what else happened oh for sure so um i kind of want to throw out just kind of a side theory to kind of spice up a little bit of what i interpreted from the story F fucking spice it up boy spice it up boy anyway uh i think the wife was actually sleeping with her uh bridesmaid like the what's it called the maid of honor Oh, I, I really do. Because right after the wedding, uh, there was that panel where she straight up ran away from, you know, Landon and mm -hmm. just hugged her. And like Landon, you know, picked up the flowers and you could kind of see the defeat in his eyes. So it wasn't just like, oh, we're married. I'm going to go hug my best friend because I'm happy type thing. I think he had the, I think he had a bit of a realization, just kind of dismissed mm -hmm. it at the time. You know, they also they also kind of really hint. um the detective there's kind no, of like a little no there's there's nothing between her and the detective it's her and the no doctor. nope it's her and the doctor 
Which oh, was, he was the doctor. Which was the maid of honor. Okay. The doctor was the maid of honor, I believe. That's that's what I got out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, there was that scene where uh, she hugged her and, you know, she dropped her coffee and she just kind of like jumped into the hug type thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really yeah, think I really think there's something going on there, especially because she straight up told Landon that she was leaving him. Yeah. I think that was the one thing that really like set him off too, because he was pretty much like defeated For after sure. that. Like he had nowhere to go. And uh, wh- what did you think about uh, how they introduced or not really introduced, but how they touched on the uh, fate of the rest of the band after he had left? What was your take on that? It was very depressing. Um, you had the one guy who was very pissed off at Landon for his decision. The the homeless one? No. Well, him and uh, – oh, God, I forgot his name. The uh, Are you talking about the guy that had the music shop? Uh, no, the, the, the one he met with at the park. Yeah, the guy that had the music shop. Yeah, yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, uh, no, he wasn't pissed. He gave him a little bit of shit, obviously, but in the end he said there was no hard feelings between the two of them. If What I got out of the scene was I feel like he was like, oh, no hard feelings, but like deep down inside he's still kind of like really pissed at him for, you know, everything like, that happened. I feel like he's then... upset, but he accepts it. I, yeah. I, I kind of got that out of it. Um, and then his homeless friend, um, who's absolutely furious, um, who doesn't even want to talk to him, really. Mm-hmm. Literally um, tells him to just fuck off, basically. Yeah. Um, and his wife uh, left him as well, right? Yeah, at the end she at said the... she moved out and that uh, – or no, she, she had a place to stay for a few days and she wanted him out. Yeah. Which kind of shows you what happened to him mentally. He probably just broke down. Um, but, and then his other friend, uh, Mitchell, I believe, uh, uh, died. Didn't he die in a drunk driving accident? No, it wasn't Mitch. It was, uh, God, what was his name? It was the other guy, like Cleo or I forget the name right now. I thought it was Mitchell. No, Mitch was the homeless guy. Oh, it was. Yeah, because he looked him up on uh, social media and got a hold of his mom. And that was when he found out he was homeless. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, it, his, it was his one friend dead. Yeah, it was crazy to see that the one friend, like, went off the hinges, just got heavy into alcoholism, and then got in a car accident and died. Yeah. So, uh. Oh, it was Kirk. Oh, it was Kirk? I was thinking Kirk's Kay, that that's why one. I said Cleo. <laughs> yeah, Kirk died in a he was drunk um and he died in a car accident. So uh, um, who who would you say was your favorite character? Just overall. I would probably have to say the voice in his head. I was gonna say that. Damn. Um, <laughs> one just so we can have some uh, changing perspectives here. <laughs> yeah, I I really I was gonna say Landon and then I'm like Nah, I, I the other version of Landon, the voice in his head. Yeah, because he he was just charismatic. He smooth talked. He had this. He's basically he he talks like trash to 
this version of Landon. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Um, I, I really liked how uh, he pushes Landon to, you know, do things. He's he's enticing him with this good deal. And Landon, at, there's a for a little while, he's like, well, what do you get out of it? And he basically, like, sh- like shoes it away, and he's like, what does it matter? You get the life that you always wanted. Um, and then, and then he kind of throws in a couple lines about how he might have a illness, or it might be that his yeah, universe is dying. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he wants to get out of it. it off. <laughs> uh, which I, I, I would like to see more of in the next issue. Um, oh, dude! Honestly, hope they do. Hope they do at least a follow up, just to kind of give you like what happened. You know, like what officially happened in the yes, author's absolutely. You know, mind. Uh, I would de- I would not mind um, if they make another issue. I would not mind uh, reviewing the second issue. Oh, for sure. I, Honestly, I, I'm really interested in this. It was, it was a terrific read. Like I said, oh yeah. I mean, it it was just a all around great comic. It was it was short, um, very interesting, great story, uh, very easy to get into, mm-hmm. um, and it quickly sucks you in. No, I kind of want to talk about the art for a second because I'm not really huge on black and white only comics. Yeah, that was one thing that caught me off guard was the black and white, which I don't, I don't like. I'm not dissing on the black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually don't really mind it. Um, it's just like a personal preference. I prefer if it's in color. Um, I, I really prefer if it's in color. Like I, I'm not huge on black and white. And that being said, the artist did do a really good job showing. The artist like, is very good. Yeah, he he did a great job showing contrast between like shadows and colors and he did a great I job will, i do wish it was in color there's only one thing only one small thing i have uh i would say there's a couple scenes of like the background like the characters are detailed but the background for a lot of scenes is either just like a gray background or just like a very basic minimalist background um, well, I mean, when you when you're reading comics and stuff, and the majority of comics that you know are read, that happens to the background because, like, you got to think they're they're trying to portray the story like a movie. Yeah, and um, when the when the movie is focusing on the character and they want to draw total attention to the character, you know, they'll blur the background with their cameras. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand that because you know they're trying to show that effect. Because Which, I've read many comics that do it. It might be uh, just like uh, from an artistic uh, perspective because it might not have worked as well um, if it was like a detailed background um, with the black with the the, the black and white uh, art style. Mm-hmm. It probably would have like kind of it would have been too too much for your eyes. Um, if and if that's the case, I think uh, doing the very minimalist background. Uh, it was a good decision. For sure. So, uh, again, not spoiling the ending. Uh, no. What was your favorite like part of it? Because I, I would say this is a very clear three-part comic. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is like your favorite part? My favorite part um, would probably be the scene where it's after, you know... 
he got what was it, the vitamin D supplement pills, and he didn't hear the voice for quite a long time. And then suddenly he's getting flowers for uh, his uh, his wife, and suddenly the voice comes back, and he flips shit mm-hmm. like in the middle of the city. Um, and then the voice basically entices him again. And he's like, oh, I can give you another sneak peek of it. All you got to do is basically hurt yourself again. So he just like looks down his the stairs and just yeets himself off the oh, stairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, just tumbles down also, where, where he talks to like the a manifestation of his other self mm-hmm. sitting there in the chair. Um, that was a pretty cool scene, too. I really like that. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say that scene where uh, his other version is just sitting in the chair and they're having that talk and. You know, he go, he goes on about uh, geometry in like the fourth grade and stuff like that. And just talking about how yeah, the parallel, parallel lines. lines never intersect and he wants them to mm-hmm. intersect, you know. Yeah, I, I really like that entire bit. No, it, it was great. And I love the uh, the contrast and art style between him and his uh, counterpart. Like even in the hair, like the hairstyle was different. Yeah, because uh, the... This version of Landis is, or Landon, my bad. Um, he's got short hair, more professional look. Yeah, he's um, got the sides and back trimmed, but the top yeah, just with a little extra. Button-up shirt with a tie, uh, mm-hmm. pressed pants, basic you know businessman attire. For sure. Um, and then the the dream. I'm going to call it dream version. Mm-hmm. Um. He's got that punk rock look. He's got oh, the really sure. the long hair. Jacket, the, the leather jacket, yeah, <laughs> hardcore like rocker look. And I, I, I love that uh, the duality between that version of Landon and this version of Landon. For sure, for sure, I, I could totally agree with that as being just a solid scene as well. Mm, definitely. So, uh. Man, let, let's get down to this rating. So, 1 to 10, of course. 10 being the best, 1 being I would never touch this again. <laughs> what do you think about this comic? <laughs> um, and one mind, ten, you, mind you, uh, we are being asked to review this. So, yes. you got to be critical. Yes, I'm not, I'm not going to. But yes, also no nitpicking. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to be like it's a 9 out of 10. Um for this, I would probably give it a 6.5 or a 7. Probably a solid 7. Um, mostly because I've... Uh, I believe this is a relatively new comic. So I've never heard anything about it before. It's not like there's movies and other versions of media about this. Um, to my knowledge, at least. Um, so... I don't know what else, you know, how the the series will progress. Um, I mean, it, it I'm could just be a one it. and done. It could be a one and done. Um, and if that's the case, I'll be quite disappointed because I, I do want to see more of it. Uh, which is why I'm only rating it uh, a 7 out of 10. Um, because I, I do want to see more of this. I really do. Um, but if it's like a one and done thing, I'll be kind of like upset about that because it, it it does it has a lot of potential. I understand. Yeah, for sure. The, I mean, this this th- just this is just a beginning. There's not a lot of comic books that just 
keep it realistic. And if my theory mm-hmm. proves accurate, I'd say it's a realistic comic book because it could. Yes. It very well could happen. Somebody could snap. Somebody probably has snapped. And yeah, because they don't. Voice. They don't. They don't really show. It's not like a superhero comic where the guy gets superpowers. No, it's just. Just he's just hearing a voice in his head. That's all we really have at the at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I want to see them expand on that and the 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 parallel universe theory and all that stuff. For sure. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm gonna have to be brutal. It it was a good comic. It was a good comic. But uh, I, I do give it a six out of ten. I, okay. I do think there were a few panels that were kind of useless to throw in there. Okay. Like, like I feel uh whenever the detective goes to meet with his wife and he like he just came to meet with her just to apologize for uh calling her out yeah. basically. Yeah, cuz uh, they don't really they don't really expand. They don't they don't bring him up after that scene. I, I, I thought like I thought he was the scene because he was only there because a cop is supposed to investigate any time there's suicide or homicide or any sort of harm being purposely done to somebody, whether it be yeah. myself or to others, you know? And I feel like in reality, a cop would not follow up a month, over a month actually, <laughs> just to apologize. Yeah, just to for, apologize. For doing his job. Because in that situation, a detective's job is to determine whether or not the man was suicidal or homicidal. Yeah. So I feel like any apologies would have happened quicker if they would have happened. So I, mm-hmm. I just kind of want to throw that out there. I don't think a uh, – because he was shown as like a middle-aged man. I don't think a middle-aged man who – especially in Chicago because that's where that it takes place. Did you know that? Like it was in Chicago. No, I thought it was uh, New York. Just no, by... it was in Chicago that – uh. That park, you know, that like kind of bean sculpture that's in the background. Oh yeah, yeah that that that's in Chicago. Okay, but uh, anyway, a detective in Chicago probably sees hundreds of cases. Yeah, a year. You know, he ain't, he ain't got time to go back and apologize just because he fucked up. Especially you know? being a, a, a small little thing like that in the city of death, like. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he's gonna lose much sleep over interrogating a woman on whether or not her whether or not her husband was suicidal. I don't think yeah. he lost any sleep. I don't think he thought about it past the job. So yeah. that that's just my opinion. One of the things I wish they would have kind of taken out. Yeah, that the uh, well, because I'm looking at the scene right now. Um, it does seem like there's a bit of like a like a weird like thing between the wife and the detective because they kind of just like they're very well could be they never elaborate on it but they never yeah because there's there's that there's the last panel they're basically just like staring at each other and she has her arm on his shoulder and they're just like going uh uh it's like stuttering no Um, i understand i i personally didn't see it but i can't obviously i'm not the they might, it, so I can't confirm it or not. Yeah, they might. They might expand on that in a later issue if they decide to continue. Um, I I kind of would like to see you know some sort of like affair thing happen. Um, 
and then maybe Landon finds out and he gets fucking pissed. Oh, um, for sure. And l- like I said, uh, that that was me being kind of brutal because I, I I did enjoy this comic. It is a very good read. Yes. I would I would recommend it to my close friends and mm-hmm. hell, I, I'd read it again most likely. But, uh, <laughs> that that's just my brutally honest opinion. I loved this the like kind of psychological uh, theme that I felt yes. kind of yes, yes, played yes. throughout it very heavily. And uh yeah, very, lots of uh, it touches a lot on uh mental health. Oh, for sure. And you know, maybe 6 was a little too harsh. I could probably a 7. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it, it really was just small details like that that could have been left out. But uh all in all, I mean, terrific read. Congratulations to, you know, the author and the artist, you know, for shooting their shot on this. I feel like it's yes. a really good comic. Uh, Definitely. Special thank you to uh, Source Point Press for supplying us with a review copy of this as well. Yes, definitely. Thank you for that. It means a lot. And uh, now we can get TJ off our asses about this one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. We've pleased the God. <laughs> We've provided a sauce to the All Father. <laughs> anyway, no, seriously, thank you. Uh, I mean, honestly. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he definitely took a leap because he could have just written up, typed a review over this comic himself. But uh, yes. your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, decided to pass it down to the boys. So The boys, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely thank him for that. Yeah, terrific comic. Yes. You know, it could be better. Definitely wasn't bad. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a solid read. That's what I'll say. Is it was a solid read. For sure. Yeah. Uh, if you want something that's not um, uh, an eccentric superhero film, I mean a comic, uh, and you want something that's more based in reality, I would say give this a read. It's easy to get into. Um, it's nice and short. It's not like it's not like it's two hundred pages long. <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, it's like sixty-eight, sixty-nine pages. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's and that's including the cover and the back. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely, uh, if you can get the chance, if you can get your hands on it, mm-hmm. definitely give it a read. And especially for people that love the type of story that leaves it to the reader's uh, interpretation. Yes, leaves, leaves it to your imagination. Oh, and sometimes I love those stories. Sometimes I like it to wrap it up in a nice neat bow, but this one did it well. Yes. It, it did the open ending yes. really well. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with this series. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing any other work that this artist or even this publisher. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, uh, I, I gotta say the art, like I said, not a big fan of black and white, but I thought yeah. they nailed it. Um, if they do decide to do color for the next one, I would be all for that. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely color, prefer my color comics. Yeah. With color, you can add so much, like you can you just you can add, you can add life to these scenes. You can add, uh, Sometimes you can even create a mood depending on the color um, of a certain scene, um, for sure, and that for sure. that was one of the things that uh, I I think was missing in this. Um, that was the only uh, real thing I could I guess complain about was no color, but it wasn't something that was like, oh god, this sucks now because it doesn't have color. Um, but yeah, I got you. So. Uh... After reading a comic book like this, and our first comic being a Spawn comic, mm-hmm. uh, what type of comic book would you be interested in 
say the next episode. Let's give our viewers a little tease. Oh, um, uh, I don't know. Do you, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm thinking? What do you think, bro? I'm, I'm thinking horror. Horror? Yeah. And I've always yeah. wanted to read an Aliens vs. Predator comic. Ooh, I do also have a Friday the 13th comic. Um, I, I, I think horror seems like the next best route to go. Um, definitely keep my uh, ears to the ground. I, I scroll around, see what I can find. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do at some point want to definitely review uh, Ultraman: The Rise of Ultraman. Oh yeah, I saw you sharing that on your Facebook feed. Yes, you yes, sound I'm happy for that one. I'm so fucking happy that Ultraman's getting some uh, some new media attention from uh, a Western uh, company. <laughs> Marvel Comics has their grubby hands on Ultraman. Of course they do. Please don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, which I'm excited for. It seems like they're just going to do a retelling of the original series, mm -hmm. the original TV series, but in comic form and a little bit more modernized. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, which I've got no problems with that. Um, as long as they do it right, they uh, they treat the character with respect. Mm -hmm. I say go for it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Honestly, just because, because for a future episode, it doesn't have to be the next episode, it doesn't even have to be the episode after that, but for a future mm -hmm. episode, just because it was what really got me interested into the superheroes and because of that into the comic books themselves, I do want to review one of my favorite Spider-Man comics. I would, I would, I really want to review a comic, a uh, Spider-Man comic. Oh, uh, I, he, I have a few just sitting in my closet, and <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, he, sir. <laughs> he, he is my favorite superhero of all time, um, dude. Him for Marvel, Batman for DC, Green Arrow being a very close second, and okay. Right I don't now. really, I don't really have, I don't really have like a favorite DC oh, really? hero. Um, I mean, I kind of like all of them. Oh um, yeah, so uh, like like Batman co-host era fired <laughs> if you're saying superman and aquaman are equal to batman get the fuck out of the chat <laughs> no no i i think i think each character has their their strengths like uh their their appeal um yeah, like uh, like batman yeah. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> i'm sorry no, i, I no, love no. aquaman i just gotta give him this oh no aquaman aquaman's been like <laughs> the the bully character out of all of them he's the uh, most shit on but he's also yeah. like the secretly most fucking badass like if you've ever read flashpoint or any of those comics yeah uh. <laughs> um no I, I you know i mean like batman he's pretty fucking cool mm -hmm. um i i will say this though um i guess it's more of like a changing of the times kind of a thing uh I but i you. i would like to see dc go back to that you know, I wouldn't really say wholesome, but more lighthearted version. Oh, I of, love my dark, my dark Justice League, and just you like that. Not, like, you like not, the really, really violent. Yes, I love that they're violent. I love that they're not perfect, just happy people. I love that they have flaws. I don't know. It just makes them more relatable, in my opinion. Well, yeah, like, cause I mean, I I, I fucking love. Uh, don't get me wrong. Adam, I love Golden Era Justice League, where they're just pure beacons of hope. Yeah, like I love like Adam West Batman. 
Like I, yes, I love that. I love that so much. Um, because like you put, you watch uh Adam West's version of Batman, and then you pop in something like, uh, Christian Bale, dark, like yeah, Dark Knight or something like that, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck stars. happens? <laughs> yeah, um, you go from Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight to You want to know how I got these scars? My like, father just, was a drinker. He was a mean drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest in peace, man. Honestly, Heath Ledger. Uh, I fucking love him. What a god. Um. Well, anyway, man. Uh, holy shit, it's been over an hour, bud. <laughs> that's a lot better than we did for our other episode. Oh uh, uh, yeah, brother, we got that content going. <laughs> yes. Um. Now for our next movie to Ooh. review. I, I, um, I kinda wanna I kinda wanna pick this one. Oh, okay. I, I really wanna do just because I love it so much and it's the only kaiju movie I have a fucking clue about. <laughs> and since we are going to be introducing a third member to the comics and kaiju party, yes. I wanna do the first Pacific Rim. Absolutely. I uh, so wanna do it so bad. <laughs> I I really love Pacific Rim, and it, it like I said, it was the first movie that got me into the kaiju. Like like I said, you're the expert on the kaiju here. Yes, I'm the closest thing we got to an expert on the comic books. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pacific Rim was one of those movies because I was kind of going through a phase where like I was getting out of the whole Godzilla thing, mm-hmm. and when I saw Pacific Rim in theaters. I was like, yes. Bro, it was just refreshing. This is what it's about. It was just refreshing because, like, I remember the MCU was in its early stages when the first Pacific Rim came out. Like, I remember going from, like, watching Iron Man, Captain America, stuff like that going on. Yeah. And then I was like, all these story-rich movies. And then there's this movie where they're just like, (laughs) what if we made (laughs) aliens come through a crack in the center of the Earth? And fight they're giant like, robots. And I'm it's like, literally yes. all it is. It's all it is. It's just giant monsters fight. Giant robots and giant monsters yes. fight. That's and all I it is. And it's it beautiful. So it is beautiful. It was a great movie, but we're gonna have to save all these yes, all yes, this yes. content for that later video. Yeah. Anyway, I had a blast recording this episode. <laughs> yes, amen. <clears throat> I mean, unless you got more to add, bro. This is your um, host, Quarter J, signing out. Yeah, good night, everybody. Good night.